Chapter 4 of Capital, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Mary Rohde. Capital, a Critical Analysis of Capitalist Production, Volume 1 by Karl Marx. Translated from the third German edition by Samuel Moore and Edward Aveling, and edited by Frederick Engels. Part 2. The Transformation of Money and Capital. Chapter 4. The General Formula for Capital. The circulation of commodities is the starting point of capital. The production of commodities, their circulation, and that more developed form of their circulation called commerce, these form the historical groundwork from which it rises. The modern history of capital dates from the creation in the 16th century of a world-embracing commerce and a world-embracing market. If we abstract from the material substance of the circulation of commodities, that is, from the exchange of the various use values, and consider only the economic forms produced by this process of circulation, we find its final result to be money. This final product of the circulation of commodities is the first form in which capital appears. As a matter of history, capital, as opposed to landed property, invariably takes the form at first of money. It appears as moneyed wealth, as the capital of the merchant and of the usurer. Footnote 1. The contrast between the power based on the personal relations of dominion and servitude that is conferred by landed property and the impersonal power that is given by money is well expressed by the two French proverbs Nul terre sans seigneur, and l'argent n'a pas de maître, no land without its lord, and money has no master. End of footnote but we have no need to refer to the origin of capital in order to discover that the first form of appearance of capital is money. We can see it daily under our very eyes. All new capital, to commence with, comes on the stage that is on the market, whether of commodities, labor, or money, even in our days, in the shape of money that by a definite process has to be transformed into capital. The first distinction we notice between money that is money only and money that is capital is nothing more than a difference in their form of circulation. The simplest form of the circulation of commodities is CMC, commodities to money to commodities. The transformation of commodities into money and the change of the money back again into commodities or selling in order to buy. But alongside of this form, we find another specifically different form, MCM, money to commodities to money. The transformation of money into commodities and the change of commodities back again into money, or buying in order to sell. Money that circulates in the latter manner is thereby transformed into, becomes capital, and is already potentially capital. Now let us examine the circuit MCM a little closer. It consists, like the other, of two antithetical phases. In the first phase, MC, money to commodities, 
or the purchase, the money is changed into a commodity. In the second phase, CM, commodities to money, or the sale, the commodity is changed back again into money. The combination of these two phases constitutes the single movement whereby money is exchanged for a commodity, and the same commodity is again exchanged for money, whereby a commodity is bought in order to be sold, or, neglecting the distinction in form between buying and selling, whereby a commodity is bought with money, and then money is bought with a commodity. Footnote 2 Avec de l'argent, on achète des marchandises, et avec des marchandises, on achète de l'argent. With money, one buys commodities, and with commodities, one buys money. Merci de la rivière. L'ordre naturel et essentiel des sociétés politiques. Page 543 End of footnote. The result in which the phases of the process vanish is the exchange of money for money, MM. If I purchase 2,000 pounds of cotton for 100 pounds sterling and resell the 2,000 pounds of cotton for 110 pounds sterling, I have, in fact, exchanged 100 pounds sterling for 110 pounds sterling, money for money. Now it is evident that the circuit MCM would be absurd and without meaning if the intention were to exchange by this means two equal sums of money, a hundred pounds for a hundred pounds. The miser's plan would be far simpler and surer. He sticks to his hundred pounds instead of exposing it to the dangers of circulation. And yet, whether the merchant who has paid a hundred pounds for his cotton sells it for a hundred and ten pounds, or lets it go for a hundred pounds, or even fifty pounds, his money has, at all events, gone through a characteristic and original movement, quite different in kind from that which it goes through in the hands of the peasant, who sells corn, and with the money thus set free, buys clothes. We have therefore to examine first the distinguishing characteristics of the forms of the circuits MCM, money to commodities to money, and CMC, commodities to money to commodities. And in doing this, the real difference that underlies the mere difference of form will reveal itself. Let us see in the first place what the two forms have in common. Both circuits are resolvable into the same two antithetical phases, CM, commodities to money, a sale, and MC, money to commodities, a purchase. In each of these phases, the same material elements, a commodity and money, and the same economic dramatis personae, a buyer and a seller, confront one another. Each circuit is the unity of the same two antithetical phases, and in each case this unity is brought about by the intervention of three contracting parties, of whom only one sells, another only buys, while the third both buys and sells. What, however, first and foremost distinguishes the circuit CMC, Commodities to Money to Commodities, from the circuit MCM, money to commodities to money, is the inverted order of succession of the two phases. The simple circulation of commodities begins with a sale and ends with a purchase, while the circulation of money as capital begins with a purchase and ends with a sale. In the one case, both the starting point and the goal are commodities. In the other, they are money. In the first form, 
The movement is brought about by the intervention of money, and the second by that of a commodity. In the circulation CMC, Commodities to Money to Commodities, the money is in the end converted into a commodity that serves as a use value. It is spent once for all. In the inverted form, MCM, money to commodities to money, on the contrary, the buyer lays out money in order that, as a seller, he may recover money. By the purchase of his commodity, he throws money into circulation in order to withdraw it again by the sale of the same commodity. He lets the money go, but only with the sly intention of getting it back again. The money, therefore, is not spent. It is merely advanced. Footnote 3. When a thing is bought in order to be sold again, the sum employed is called money advanced. When it is bought not to be sold, it may be said to be expended. James Stewart. Works. Edited by General Sir James Stewart, his son. London, 1805, Volume 1, page 274. End of footnote. In the circuit CMC, Commodities to Money to Commodities, the same piece of money changes its place twice. The seller gets it from the buyer and pays it away to another seller. The complete circulation, which begins with the receipt, concludes with the payment of money for commodities. It is the very contrary in the circuit MCM, Money to Commodities to Money. Here it is not the piece of money that changes its place twice, but the commodity. The buyer takes it from the hands of the seller and passes it into the hands of another buyer. Just as in the simple circulation of commodities, the double change of place of the same piece of money affects its passage from one hand into another, so here the double change of place of the same commodity brings about the reflux of the money to its point of departure. Such reflux is not dependent on the commodity being sold for more than was paid for it. This circumstance influences only the amount of the money that comes back. The reflux itself takes place so soon as the purchased commodity is resold, in other words, so soon as the circuit MCM is completed. We have here, therefore, a palpable difference between the circulation of money as capital and its circulation as mere money. The circuit CMC, Commodities to Money to Commodities, comes completely to an end so soon as the money brought in by the sale of one commodity is abstracted again by the purchase of another. If nevertheless there follows a reflux of money to its starting point, this can only happen through a renewal or repetition of the operation. If I sell a quarter of corn for three pounds sterling, and with this three pounds sterling buy clothes, the money, so far as I am concerned, is spent and done with. It belongs to the clothes merchant. If I now sell a second quarter of corn, money indeed flows back to me, not, however, as a sequel to the first transaction, but in consequence of its repetition. The money again leaves me so soon as I complete the second transaction by a fresh purchase. Therefore, in the circuit CMC, Commodities to Money to Commodities, the expenditure of money has nothing to do with its reflux. 
On the other hand, in MCM, money to commodities to money, the reflux of the money is conditioned by the very mode of its expenditure. Without this reflux, the operation fails, or the process is interrupted and incomplete, owing to the absence of its complementary and final phase, the sale. The circuit CMC, Commodities to Money to Commodities, starts with one commodity and finishes with another, which falls out of circulation and into consumption. Consumption, the satisfaction of wants, in one word, use value, is its end and aim. The circuit MCM, Money to Commodities to Money, on the contrary, commences with money and ends with money. Its leading motive, and the goal that attracts it, is therefore mere exchange value. In the simple circulation of commodities, the two extremes of the circuit have the same economic form. They are both commodities, and commodities of equal value. But they are also use values differing in their qualities, as, for example, corn and clothes. The exchange of products, of the different materials in which the labor of society is embodied, forms here the basis of the movement. It is otherwise in the circulation MCM, money to commodities to money, which at first sight appears purposeless because tautological. Both extremes have the same economic form. They are both money and therefore are not qualitatively different use values, for money is but the converted form of commodities in which their particular use values vanish. To exchange a hundred pounds sterling for cotton, and then the same cotton again for a hundred pounds sterling, is merely a roundabout way of exchanging money for money. The same for the same, and appears to be an operation just as purposeless as it is absurd. Footnote 4 On n'échange pas de l'argent contre de l'argent. One does not exchange money for money, says Merci de la Rivière to the Mercantilists. Loco Kitato, page 486. In a work which ex-professor treats of trade and speculation, occurs the following. All trade consists in the exchange of things of different kinds, and the advantage, aside by Marx, to the merchant, end of aside, arises out of this difference. To exchange a pound of bread against a pound of bread would be attended with no advantage. Hence, trade is advantageously contrasted with gambling, which consists in a mere exchange of money for money. Thomas Corbett, An Inquiry into the Causes and Modes of the Wealth of Individuals, or The Principles of Trade and Speculation Explained, London, 1841, page 5. Although Corbett does not see that M.M., the exchange of money for money, is the characteristic form of circulation, not only of merchants' capital, but of all capital, yet at least he acknowledges that this form is common to gambling and to one species of trade, namely speculation. But then comes McCulloch and makes out that to buy in order to sell is to speculate, and thus the difference between speculation and trade vanishes. Every transaction in which an individual buys produce in order to sell it again is, in fact, a speculation. McCulloch, A Dictionary Practical of Commerce, London, 1847, page 1009. 
With much more naivete, Pinto, the Pindar of the Amsterdam Stock Exchange, remarks, Le commerce est un jeu, taken from Lucky, et ce n'est pas avec des gueux qu'on peut gagner. Si l'on gagnait longtemps en tout, avec tous, il faudrait rendre de bon accord les plus grandes parties du profit pour recommencer le jeu. Trade is a game, and nothing can be won from beggars. If one won everything from everybody all the time, it would be necessary to give back the greater part of the profit voluntarily, in order to begin the game again. Pinto, Traité de la Circulation et du Crédit, Amsterdam, 1771, page 231. End of footnote. One sum of money is distinguishable from another only by its amount. The character and tendency of the process MCM, money to commodities to money, is therefore not due to any qualitative difference between its extremes, both being money, but solely to their quantitative difference. More money is withdrawn from circulation at the finish than was thrown into it at the start. The cotton that was bought for a hundred pounds sterling is perhaps resold for a hundred plus ten, or a hundred and ten pounds sterling. The exact form of this process is therefore M C M prime, where M prime equals M plus D M, which equals the original sum advanced plus an increment. This increment or excess over the original value I call surplus value. The value originally advanced, therefore, not only remains intact while in circulation, but adds to itself a surplus value or expands itself. It is this movement that converts it into capital. Of course, it is also possible that in CMC, commodities to money to commodities, the two extremes, C and C, say corn and clothes, may represent different quantities of value. The farmer may sell his corn above its value, or may buy the clothes at less than their value. He may, on the other hand, be done by the clothes merchant. Yet, in the form of circulation now under consideration, such differences in value are purely accidental. The fact that the corn and the clothes are equivalents does not deprive the process of all meaning, as it does in MCM, money to commodities to money. The equivalence of their values is rather a necessary condition to its normal course. The repetition or renewal of the act of selling in order to buy is kept within bounds by the very object it aims at, namely consumption or the satisfaction of definite wants an aim that lies altogether outside the sphere of circulation. But when we buy in order to sell, we, on the contrary, begin and end with the same thing, money, exchange value, and thereby the movement becomes interminable. No doubt M becomes M plus DM, a hundred pounds become a hundred and ten pounds. But when viewed in the qualitative aspect alone, a hundred and ten pounds are the same as a hundred pounds, namely money. And considered quantitatively, a hundred and ten pounds sterling is, like a hundred pounds sterling, a sum of definite and limited value. If now the hundred and ten pounds sterling be spent as money, they cease to play their part. They are no longer capital. Withdrawn from circulation, 
they become petrified into a horde, and though they remained in that state till doomsday, not a single farthing would accrue to them. If, then, the expansion of value is one's aimed at, there is just the same inducement to augment the value of the hundred and ten pounds as that of the hundred pounds, for both are but limited expressions for exchange value, and therefore both have the same vocation to approach, by quantitative increase, as near as possible to absolute wealth. Momentarily, indeed, the value originally advanced, the hundred pounds sterling, is distinguishable from the surplus value of ten pounds sterling that is annexed to it during circulation, but the distinction vanishes immediately. At the end of the process, we do not receive with one hand the original hundred pounds, and with the other the surplus value of ten pounds. We simply get a value of a hundred and ten pounds, which is in exactly the same condition and fitness for commencing the expanding process as the original hundred pounds was. Money ends the movement only to begin it again. Footnote 5 Capital is divisible into the original capital and the profit, the increment to the capital, although in practice this profit is immediately turned into capital and set in motion with the original. Friedrich Engels Umrisse zu einer Kritik der Nationalökonomie in Deutsch-Französische Jahrbücher herausgegeben von Arnold Ruge und Karl Marx Paris 1844 Seite 99 End of footnote Therefore, the final result of every separate circuit in which a purchase and consequent sale are completed forms of itself the starting point of a new circuit. The simple circulation of commodities, selling in order to buy, is a means of carrying out a purpose unconnected with circulation, namely the appropriation of use values, the satisfaction of wants. The circulation of money as capital is, on the contrary, an end in itself, for the expansion of value takes place only within this constantly renewed movement. The circulation of capital has therefore no limits. Footnote 6. Aristotle opposes economic to crematistic. He starts from the former. So far as it is the art of gaining a livelihood, it is limited to procuring those articles that are necessary to existence and useful either to a household or the state. True wealth, o alekinos plotos, consists of such values in use. For the quantity of possessions of this kind, capable of making life pleasant, is not unlimited. There is, however, a second mode of acquiring things, to which we may by preference, and with correctness, give the name of crematistic, and in this case there appear to be no limits to riches and possessions. Trade aside, a capelica is literally retail trade, and Aristotle takes this kind because in it values in use predominate. End of aside. Trade does not in its nature belong to crematistic, for here the exchange has reference only to what is necessary to themselves, the buyer or seller. Therefore, as he goes on to show, the original form of trade was barter, but with the extension of the latter there arose the necessity for money. On the discovery of money, barter of necessity developed into capalique, 
into trading in commodities, and this again, in opposition to its original tendency, grew into crematistic, into the art of making money. Now, crematistic is distinguishable from economic in this way, that in the case of crematistic, circulation is the source of riches, poietike crematon, dia crematon diaboles, and it appears to revolve about money, for money is the beginning and end of this kind of exchange. Tonomismas doigeion des alages estin. Therefore, also riches such as crematistic strives for are unlimited. Just as every art that is not a means to an end, but an end in itself, has no limit to its aims, because it seeks constantly to approach nearer and nearer to that end, while those arts that pursue means to an end are not boundless, since the goal itself imposes a limit upon them, so with crematistic there are no bounds to its aims, these aims being absolute wealth. Economic, not crematistic, has a limit. The object of the former is something different from money, of the latter the augmentation of money. By confounding these two forms, which overlap each other, some people have been led to look upon the preservation and increase of money ad infinitum as the end and aim of economic. Aristoteles, De Republica, edited by Becker, Volume 1, Chapters 8 and 9. End of footnote. As the conscious representative of this movement, the possessor of money becomes a capitalist. His person, or rather his pocket, is the point from which the money starts and to which it returns. The expansion of value, which is the objective basis or mainspring of the circulation, MCM, money to commodities to money, becomes his subjective aim, and it is only in so far as the appropriation of ever more and more wealth in the abstract becomes the sole motive of his operations, that he functions as a capitalist, that is, as capital personified and endowed with consciousness and a will. Use values must therefore never be looked upon as the real aim of the capitalist, neither must the profit on any single transaction. Footnote 7 Commodities, here used in the sense of use values, are not the terminating object of the trading capitalist. Money is his terminating object. Thomas Chalmers, On Political Economy, 2nd Edition, Glasgow, 1832, pages 165 and 166. End of footnote. The restless, never-ending process of profit-making alone is what he aims at. Footnote 8. Il mercante non conta quasi per niente il lucro fatto, ma mira sempre al futuro. The merchant counts the money he has made as almost nothing. He always looks to the future. A. Genovesi, Lesioni di Economia Civile, 1765, Custodis edition of Italian Economists, Parte Moderna, Volume 8, page 139. End of footnote. This boundless greed after riches, this passionate chase after exchange value, 
is common to the capitalist and the miser, but while the miser is merely a capitalist gone mad, the capitalist is a rational miser. Footnote 9 The inextinguishable passion for gain, the auri sacra fames, will always lead capitalists. McCullough, The Principles of Political Economy, London, 1830, page 179 this view, of course, does not prevent the same McCulloch and others of his kidney when in theoretical difficulties, such, for example, as the question of overproduction, from transforming the same capitalist into a moral citizen whose sole concern is for use values and who even develops an insatiable hunger for boots, hats, eggs, calico, and other extremely familiar sorts of use values. End of footnote. The never-ending augmentation of exchange value, which the miser strives after by seeking to save, footnote 10. Sozein is a characteristic Greek expression for hoarding. So, in English, to save has the same two meanings, sauver and épargner. End of footnote. His money from circulation is attained by the more acute capitalist by constantly throwing it afresh into circulation. Footnote 11. Questo infinito che le cose non hanno in progresso hanno in giro. That infinity which things do not possess, they possess in circulation. Galliani. End of footnote. The independent form, i.e. the money form, which the value of commodities assumes in the case of simple circulation, serves only one purpose, namely their exchange, and vanishes in the final result of the movement. On the other hand, in the circulation MCM, money to commodities to money, both the money and the commodity represent only different modes of existence of value itself, the money its general mode, and the commodity its particular, or, so to say, disguised mode. Footnote 12 Ce n'est pas la matière qui fait le capital, mais la valeur de ces matières. It is not matter which makes capital, but the value of that matter. J. B. Say Traité d'économie politique, 3e édition, Paris, 1817, volume 2, page 429 End of footnote. It is constantly changing from one form to the other without thereby becoming lost, and thus assumes an automatically active character. If now we take in turn each of the two different forms which self-expanding value successively assumes in the course of its life, we then arrive at these two propositions. Capital is money. Capital is commodities. Footnote 13. Currency employed in producing articles is capital. MacLeod, The Theory and Practice of Banking, London, 1855, Volume 1, Chapter 1, Page 55. Capital is Commodities. James Mill, Elements of Political Economy, London, 1821, Page 74. End of footnote. In truth, however, value is here the active factor in a process in which, while constantly assuming the form in turn of money and commodities, 
it at the same time changes in magnitude differentiates itself by throwing off surplus value from itself the original value in other words expands spontaneously for the movement in the course of which it adds surplus value is its own movement its expansion therefore is automatic expansion because it is value it has acquired the occult quality of being able to add value to itself it brings forth living offspring or at the least lays golden eggs value therefore being the active factor in such a process and assuming at one time the form of money at another that of commodities but through all these changes preserving itself and expanding it requires some independent form by means of which its identity may at any time be established and this form it possesses only in the shape of money it is under the form of money that value begins and ends and begins again every act of its own spontaneous generation it began by being a hundred pounds sterling it is now a hundred and ten pounds sterling and so on but the money itself is only one of the two forms of value unless it takes the form of some commodity it does not become capital there is here no antagonism as in the case of hoarding between the money and commodities the capitalist knows that all commodities however scurvy they may look or however badly they may smell are in faith and in truth money inwardly circumcised jews and what is more a wonderful means whereby out of money to make more money in simple circulation cmc commodities to money to commodities the value of commodities attained at the most a form independent of their used values i e the form of money but that same value now in the circulation mcm money to commodities to money or the circulation of capital suddenly presents itself as an independent substance endowed with a motion of its own passing through a life process of its own in which money and commodities are mere forms which it assumes and casts off in turn nay more instead of simply representing the relations of commodities it enters now so to say into private relations with itself it differentiates itself as original value from itself as surplus value as the father differentiates himself from himself qua the son yet both are one and of one age for only by the surplus value of ten pounds does the hundred pounds originally advanced become capital and so soon as this takes place so soon as the son and by the son the father is begotten so soon does their difference vanish and they again become one a hundred and ten pounds value therefore now becomes value in process money in process and as such capital it comes out of circulation enters into it again preserves and multiplies itself within its circuit comes back out of it with expanded bulk and begins the same round ever afresh footnote number fourteen capital portion fructifiante de la richesse accumulée valeur permanente multipliante Sismondi, Nouveau Principe d'économie politique, Volume 1, page 88-89. End of footnote. M. M. Prime, 
money to the original sum advanced plus an increment, money which begets money, such is the description of capital from the mouths of its first interpreters, the mercantilists. Buying in order to sell, or more accurately buying in order to sell dearer, M.C. M-prime, appears certainly to be a form peculiar to one kind of capital alone, namely merchant's capital. But industrial capital, too, is money that is changed into commodities, and by the sale of these commodities is reconverted into more money. The events that take place outside the sphere of circulation, in the interval between the buying and selling, do not affect the form of this movement. Lastly, in the case of interest-bearing capital, the circulation MCM prime appears abridged. We have its result without the intermediate stage, in the form MM prime, and still lapidaire, so to say, money that is worth more money, value that is greater than itself. MCM prime is therefore in reality the general formula of capital as it appears prima facie within the sphere of circulation. End of Part 2, Chapter 4 Recording by Mary Rohde in Willow, Alaska